await the festival of shivaratri let me take you back to 1965 these months of feb march bhagwan was touring a number of villages small towns and cities in the east godavari district and it is during this time that bhagwan keeping the promise that he had made to surya kanta magaru visited her village satyawada that was a very long trip from march 21st 1965 till april 6 1965 for 15 days bhagwan was on the roads constantly if you see bhagwan's itinerary for those days you will be stunned to see the amount of travel that bhagwan underwent in those days in that year 1965 bhagwan traveled 8140 kilometers on road and this is 1965 we didn't have great roads in india and he was going village after village city after city little towns bhagwan had set up the prashanti vidwan mahasabha just a year before and this was the institution that bhagwan had set up to disseminate the values of satya dharma shanti prema and he had a galaxy of scholars who would give talks in these towns and villages and then he would speak bhagwan was on a mission as he always is but these were the days when you you saw bhagwan literally stretching himself stretching his body to the limits to instill in people's mind the glory of indian culture the sacred nature of every human being and how one should pursue one's goals in the right way and learn to lead a life of peace swami left brindavan on the 21st of march and reached chennai that night he proceeded to sulurpet in nellore district of andhra pradesh this happened on the 22nd and there bhagwan laid the foundation stone for a spacious shelter a dharmashala that was being established for the convenience of the pilgrims who came in large numbers to the famous temple of chengalamma this temple had made this town very famous from very ancient time sulurpet was known for this deity there and thousands came to this place to this town for the darshan of chengalamma and bhagwan 
addressed thousands of people from the surrounding villages who had gathered for his darshan in this place in the temple of Changalamma 22nd of March 1965 and I want to share with you what Bhagwan mentioned fortunately we have some documentation of Bhagwan's discourses given in these towns we don't have much whatever we have is whatever Professor Kasturi has documented in Satyam Shivam Sundaram or in the Sanatana Sarathis or in the Satyasai Speaks but those are very abridged versions those are just summary of the discourses but even if you read those accounts that itself is so thrilling and we hope with time we will be able to rebuild these episodes from Bhagwan's life with the help of more pictures and visuals as people share their collections and as we are able to unearth more and more of these stories. Bhagwan said, Bharatavarsha, the Indian subcontinent, knew that the secret of peace lay in service and love towards all beings. The culture of this land proclaimed that the best form of service is to foster the practitioners of the good life, to foster the sages, to foster the spiritual aspirants. Swami said, do not decry the servants of God. Do not obstruct the charity of the generous. Do not discourage the study of the scriptures. Even if you cannot positively promote any of these, at least do not discourage them. Peace cannot be ensured by the piling up of atom bombs or the systematic amassing of weapons without removing hatred from the heart and planting love therein. Mere terror and counter-terror cannot establish cordiality and harmony. Bhagwan said, everyone here is after Sukha. Everyone wants happiness. And the hunt for comfortable joys and positions of influence, the founding of banks and business houses, the growth of bungalows, all this is evidence of the eagerness of people for happiness, to live in happiness. Swami said, you are eager for Sukha, but you don't have that eagerness to live in Shanti. You want this happiness, but you don't have that eagerness to live in peace. You confuse peace with happiness, Sukha with Shanti. You think that Sukha is Shanti and Shanti is Sukha. Swami said, none of the rich or the well-placed or the prosperous or the powerful have found peace. They have not found peace. You go and investigate and find for yourself. Peace is not to be found in the past books and the big many-roomed bungalows or the iron safes or the go-downs. Your whole attitude is topsy-turvy, Swami said. In this land where Meera, Jayadeva, Valmiki, Tyagaraja, Ramadas, Tukaram... All these people by their intense yearning and fortitude showed the path of achieving lasting joy. Why are you losing precious years of your life in silly adventures? And then referring to the shrine there, Bhagwan said, Here the Mahashakti in the form of Changalamma is established and evident. The supreme power as Changalamma is established here. And this foundation stone for a dharmashala for the pilgrims who come to adore her is being laid by me. Bhagwan mentioned in the discourse, I am laying the foundation stone for this shelter for the pilgrims who will come to have her darshan. And then Bhagwan added, 
I never do any casual act. Nothing that is done by me is insignificant. Every single act has a deep significance. And this temple, this dharmashala are bound to serve mankind more and more. Swami stressed. This is what is the meaning of pratishtha, the establishment of temples and the institutions of service related to them. And Bhagavan went on. Professor Kasturi has very beautifully called this discourse Dharma and Dharmashala. In the Satisai speaks, Bhagavan goes on to say, this building is named a Dharmashala, a hall of Dharma, a school of Dharma. It should not be merely a free lodging house for pilgrims. Generally, Dharmashala means in common understanding a place where people can go and take rest. Swami said, don't belittle the importance of a Dharmashala. Dharmashala means it should have an atmosphere of dharma which the pilgrims must inhale and get inspired thereby. This temple will inspire Atma Dharma. As Bhagavan mentioned about dharma, Bhagavan went on to explain what is the dharma that this temple should inspire. This temple should inspire Atma Dharma leading the pilgrim into himself or herself to search for the Mahashakti that is behind the Ichha Shakti, the Kriya Shakti and the Jnana Shakti that man is endowed with. So, this place should inspire people to seek and search for that power, that power which is behind every man's power of will, power of work, power of wisdom, Ichha Shakti, Kriya Shakti, Jnana Shakti. What is that power that empowers man to exercise his will, to do his work and to gain knowledge? This Dharmashala, this temple should inspire people to seek that power. The Dharmashala must inspire man to deepen faith in the Vritti Dharma. Vritti Dharma is the moral code that regulates and enriches one's profession. It should inspire people to deepen faith in their Vritti Dharma, in the moral codes that define their profession. It should deepen their faith in Varna Dharma. Varna Dharma is the restrictions and the regulations that strive to canalize one's impulses and instincts into fields that are special to that person's place in society. Whatever, whichever role you are given in society, we have to learn to abide by the rules and regulations placed which are according to that role in society. Varna Dharma, Ashrama Dharma. Ashrama Dharma is disciplines laid down for the blossoming of the spiritual consciousness during the four stages of life when you are a student, when you are a householder, when you are a recluse and when you are an ascetic. This dharmashala must inspire people to deepen their faith in Vishesha Dharma, the code of conduct that are meant for special situations and Samanya Dharma, code of conduct which are common to all. So Bhagavan, when he mentioned about the purpose of this dharmashala, he went back to the levels and the various branches of dharma that everyone should confirm to. The Vritti Dharma, Varna Dharma, Ashrama Dharma, Vishesha Dharma, Samanya Dharma. Swami said, Swami said, only if you practice these dharmas, if this temple fosters people into the practice and the principles of these dharmas, only then can we say that it is living up to its name of being a dharmashala. 
dharma is the path by which the mahashakti in the temple of your heart can be tapped experienced realized and this can never happen if you don't follow dharma to tap that mahashakti that power that empowers you to tap that power which is in the temple of your heart you have to follow dharma bhagwan said as he inaugurated this dharmashala and then bhagwan said gathering like this must be arranged to spread the message of the prashanti vidwan mahasabha in order that you may know the truth about yourself and seek to experience it as i mentioned before bhagwan had started prashanti vidwan mahasabha and formed this committee of scholars and practitioners of indian culture and spirituality and swami wanted this message to be ringing in the ears of every farmer every cobbler every office goer of the sacred land of india and swami said the kumara raja the venkatgiri raja's son used to accompany bhagwan in these spiritual expeditions of bhagwan and before bhagwan spoke the kumara raja the prince addressed the gathering and he said at least practice one or two of the things that bhagwan is going to tell you now in his discourses bhagwan and the discourse he went on to say do all your daily duties with god in your heart as the witness and he said this gathering is like a flood that has come from all the four quarters and it gives an assurance that sanatana dharma will certainly rise in splendor in this land looking at that crowd the flood of people all over swami said it is such a heartening sight it gives hope it gives you the feeling that the real sanatana dharma the real culture of this land will definitely rise to its earlier splendor start now swami says start now with this first step and what is the first step we should take namasmarana chanting the name of the lord once you take this first step swami said that will lead you to further steps one by one until you reach the goal bhagwan's beautiful discourse dharma and dharmashala in sulurpet in the nellore district of andhra pradesh 22nd of march 1965 this town sulurpet is 16 kilometers west of the world famous isro island indian space research organization's island shriharikota from where indian rockets are launched and that day bhagwan launched there this call to go back to the roots of indian culture and from there bhagwan left for gudur and then he went to manikonda which is near vijayawada he stayed in manikonda on the 23rd during the hours of the daytime and on the 23rd bhagwan left manikonda when it was dusk and he reached kakinada during midnight in fact if you look at bhagwan's tour schedule you will find that bhagwan was constantly traveling every night he was traveling he would travel whole night and then give talks and darshan during the day and hardly catch sleep for one or two hours and and travel 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 and when bhagwan was there in kakinada the members of the sai bhakta mandali there welcomed him very enthusiastically they may have, they had made elaborate arrangements for the opening by bhagwan of the sai baba temple at the rangaya naidu street in the old town so there was a temple of shri sai 
that Bhagwan inaugurated this happened on the 24th of March 1965 Bhagwan inaugurated the temple and also the three day session of the Prashanti Vidwan Mahasabha that happened in Kakinada now Kakinada is the sixth largest city of the Indian state of Andhra Pradesh and it serves as the district headquarters of the East Godavari district no wonder Bhagwan had a three day session of Prashanti Vidwan Mahasabha in this populous town 30,000 citizens had the darshan of Bhagwan that day and they heard Bhagwan's message calling upon them to realize themselves as the repositories of divine of divinity each one being Bhagwan said I must exhort you to make the best use of the fine chance that you have got now with the opening of the Sai Baba temple by me in this town where you are now struggling in the sea of worldly confusion and anxiety use this chance for the best profit that is the sign of an intelligent man as is the heart to the body so is the temple to a village or community swami said every village or every community needs to have a temple just like every body every human body has a heart the temple should be the heart of the village and that is how it was in the earlier times isn't it you go to any village in india you will definitely find a temple you will find a temple deity you will find people's lives anchored to those temples in fact if you go to earlier era if you go to hampi and if you look at the excavations of indian temples there you will find that the temples had huge courtyards because the temple was literally the happening place of the town of the village because if there is any marriage that happened in the temple if it was a get together that happened in the temple if it was a religious ceremony that happened in the temple if it was a fun thing that also happened in the temple even the marketplace happened in the temple whole life of people every person's life was revolved every person's life revolved around the temple in fact you have so many towns and cities in india the cities exist because of the temple tirupati is a classic example you go to any Annavaram Annavaram is that because of the temple Bhadrachalam the town exists because of the temple Arunachalam that place exists because of the temple Kashi Kashi became what it is because of the temple the temple the place where people can connect to god that was the heart of the life of a bharatiya and that's what swami said building of temples and installations of idols there celebrating various festivals in connection with the worship these are all good deeds yes they train you in service they give you opportunities for sacrifice because people did sacred acts in the temple once you go to the temple you don't want to do anything unholy isn't it these temples give you opportunities for detachment because you learn attachment to god they are the places where you do your penance swami said i am glad this temple has come up in kakinada through the penance of the people swami said the indian lifestyle the earlier sacred lifestyle of indians is deteriorating into a fashion even as bhagwan lauded their efforts to build the temple bhagwan did not lose the opportunity to instill into them the real temple that they should build and swami said even though you have this temple first you must install the lord in your heart only then you become entitled to build external temples for the lord and swami said again the construction of new temples has led to the neglect of the old ones that is also not right the old ones have been built in strict accordance 
with the scriptures, the shastric rules and many generations of devotees have filled them with their piousness, with their prayer, with their piety. Why are you neglecting the old places of worship? It is a sacrilege to pave the way for their decline, Swami said. You have to revive the old temples. And then Bhagwan said, how in the modern times this temple making has also become a business. Just because you want to raise a new temple, you, you use this to collect funds from people and in the whole process you enrich yourself at the cost of gullible people. This is not what you should be doing. When there is an anguished cry for food and shelter, why are you spending money on temples, Swami said. There are enough temples. You revive the old ones. You don't have to be mindlessly building temples. Use that money to take care of the needy, of the people who need food, of the people who need shelter. Swami said, you don't have to build a temple for every name and every form of the God. One temple is enough. Everyone can pray there. The same Lord is worshipped everywhere. You don't have to build in the village a temple for Shiva, for Rama, for Krishna, for Devi. One temple is enough. Everyone can connect to the Lord there. Should tell people to see all names and forms in the same God. The search for truth, the fostering of morality. These are the ideals of India. And these were considered essential for the realization of Godhead, Bhagavan said. And that is the reason why into this narrow sector, into this long narrow road, along the lanes and bylanes and cross lanes, today you see a flood of humanity. Swami said, looking at the crowd which is just overflowing in all directions, I am suggesting this committee that they should change the venue of the meeting tomorrow so that people may sit comfortably and listen to the discourse as Swami said. That's what happened in those, you talk to anyone who was a witness to Bhagwan's travel in those days as I was listening to Surya Kantamagaru also. She was saying how everywhere Bhagwan went, the crowd was uncontrollable. People were just flocking in thousands to listen to Bhagwan. The magic of his presence, the power of his message. Swami said, looking at all these people, I feel tomorrow you should organize a venue that is much larger. And then Bhagwan's love, Bhagwan's heart melted at the people. And Swami said, who can doubt the description of devotion of the Gopikas and the Gopalas of Vrindavan that we read in the Bhagavata? When one looks at the love in your eyes for God, when one looks at the pining in your hearts to come and listen to the divine message, it is to slake that thirst that all of you have come, that thirst for spiritual inspiration and knowledge. And the Prashanti Vidvan Mahasabha has been established precisely for this purpose, Swami said. It will perform this duty and that is what this Prashanti Vidvan Mahasabha did for years together. And in later on, as we know, Bhagwan revived the Prashanti Vidvan Mahasabha in a different fashion and it continued to be held in Prashanti Nilayam. And even now, the tradition continues. Swami said, in the past ages, Many saints and kings and ascetics left home and they dwelt in the solitude of the forests and they earned that bliss from within and then they taught others the source of their bliss. Bhagwan said, remove those vices of hatred and lust, what is there in your heart, 
put out the raging flames of anger and greed then the innate shantam and saukhyam tranquility and happiness the swarupam and swabhavam the form and the nature of man will manifest unhindered shantam is the swarupam saukhyam is the swabhavam of man the nature of man is shantam the form of man is shantam saukhyam swami said tranquility and happiness these are the name and the form the nature of man and as bhagwan went on in the discourse bhagwan emphasized even as you construct temples individual reconstruction is what is more important don't multiply buildings multiply the virtues in you practice what you preach that is the real pilgrimage cleanse your minds of envy and malice if you do that that is a real bath you don't have to go to the sacred rivers to have bath if you cleanse your mind of hatred envy and malice that is the real sacred bath and then bhagwan said see i always address you as amrita swarupalara prema swarupalara shanta swarupalara the i is of the same nature as you i and you are like the river and the sea wave and the sea your nature is immortality your nature is love your nature is tranquility shanta swarupa swami said no one ever addresses you as dushtulara right nobody addresses you as the wicked ones or the wild ones why because that is not true nobody can describe a man in that way because that is not is what man's nature is man's nature is love tranquility goodness immortality and swami said this temple that is built this temple is just brick and mortar the idol is just stone but if you are determined to see the divine principle in it you can see you can penetrate behind the stone and see the divine basis swami said if you are willing to do this if you are willing to go beyond the stone and see the divine why can't you see the lord that is there in the heart of every person first have faith in the lord within you the first step is reverence for god swami said man is pratyaksha in fact you should be easily be able to see god in the other person because you can actually see it god is so difficult to perceive god is paroksha imperceptible but man is perceptible you can actually experience god in the other person and as bhagwan concluded the discourse bhagwan said the upanishads say that when thunder happens da 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 thunder when it happens the sound that the thunder create da da swami said that da is interpreted by different people in different ways da means daya the demons they say learn from that da that one should have compassion daya gods when they hear da they understand that it means dhamma which means to practice self control da when man hears it means man must walk on the path of dharma swami said now every man is part demon part god part human and that's why it is important for all men to practice all these three daya dhamma and dharma to be kind to all daya to be a master of your senses to learn to control your senses dhamma and to practice and walk on the path of righteousness dharma 
Swami says every time thunder happens, this is the message that the thunder is giving you. In fact, so beautifully, Professor Kasturi titled this discourse as the voice of thunder. And Swami said, do not delay this duty. Do not delay this duty that you must carry out. Why? Because this is what will give you lasting goodness. Recognize that you are Shiva, you are not Sava. If you don't practice all this, don't recognize this, then you'll become a corpse, a Sava. You are truly Shiva. The very first thing you have to do to impress upon your mind the reality is to recite the name of God and dwell on His glory in the mind. In the previous discourse also in Sulurpet Swami came back in the end to Namaspanana and that's what Bhagwan mentioned in Kakinada also. Everywhere this is what Bhagwan was telling. Get started. Get started with chanting the name of God. Get started with contemplating on the glory of God as you sing His name so that the tongue will not stray into lesser topics and the mind will not drag you away into inferior fields. And then Bhagavan said, I will initiate you into the chanting of the name of God. And Bhagavan himself started singing bhajans. And every time you sing Bhagavan's bhajan, as you follow Bhagavan, as he sings, your mind is lost in the contemplation, in the glory of the power of the name of God in the glory of His Leelas and in the sacredness of His message. And this is what Bhagwan was urging town after town, village after village in the summer of 1965, everywhere telling people to follow their sacred life and chant the name of the Lord. Narayan 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 Kanuman Ranjana Bhava Bhaya Bhanjana Asurani Khandan Arayan Kanuman Ranjana Bhava Bhaya Bhanjana Asurani Narayana Bhajanarayan Narayana Bhajanarayan Narayan Narayana Bhajanarayan Narayana Bhajanarayan Narayan Jabu Jabu Pida Pade Bhaktapas Bar Bar Avatar Kiya
पाप मिठा कर धीरथ खाकर मानव को उदार किया पाप मिठा कर धीरथ खाकर मानव को उदार किया पाप मिठा कर धीरथ खाकर मानव को उदार किया पाप मिठा कर जमिखारी कृष्ण मुरारी हे गिरिदारी नारायण जमिहारी कृष्ण मुरारी हे गिरिदारी नारायण जमिहारी कृष्ण मुरारी हे गिरिदारी नारायण नारायण भज नारायण नारायण भज नारायण 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 बन परशुराम और राम कृष्ण दुष्टों को संहार किया दुष्टों को संहार किया हे अवतारी लीलाधारी कुंज विखारी नारायण नारायण भज नारायण नारायण भज नारायण नारायण भजन से मन को सजन बनाकर भक्ति मार्ग सिखला दिया सिखला दिया तो तारी पति विहारी के गिरिधारी नारायण पति तो धारी पति विहारी साई मुरारी नारायण पति तो धारी पति विहारी साई मुरारी नारायण नारायण भज नारायण नारायण भज नारायण नारायण
नारायण भज नारायण नारायण भज नारायण 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 So that is how the Bhagwan's tour in the East Godavari district continued in the March of 1965. I haven't yet come to Bhagwan's visit to Satyavada, and that will take some time. I really do not want to miss all that happened during that trip of Bhagwan, because each of these discourses that Bhagwan gave in these towns and villages, they were so beautiful, so. powerful if only we had video recording and good audio recording of those discourses whoever was there as a witness to these historic moments it has left such indelible imprint in their minds that you find generations of devotees from these parts of andhra pradesh you would find people who have dedicated not just their lives but third generation fourth generation devotees from these areas and wherever they are continuously serving bhagwan continuously their hearts working for his mission whoever had seen bhagwan in those days it left such a lasting impression in their minds that it definitely changed their perspectives in life today when you read those accounts you long to relive those moments i told you how bhagwan said that crowds are so overwhelming that you have to move to a new location and that's what they did in kakinada because the narrow road in front of the temple offered very little accommodation for the thousands of people who were flooding that area the sessions on the 25th and 26th of march were shifted to the sports stadium of engineering college where the enthusiastic cooperation and devotion of the principal the members of the staff and the student workers created in a very short time all the facilities for the seating in comfort for more than 50000 men women and children children who had collected from all surrounding villages to have bhagwan's darshan and to be inspired by his sambhashan the whole area was lit beautifully they had decorated it very charmingly there was an elevated platform the area was divided into sections and fenced from each other student volunteers and volunteers from the city they were providing drinking water for the devotees who had gathered from the early morning hours at the site of the meeting a member of legislative assembly shri dantu bhaskar rao he presided over the meeting on the 25th in kakinada and bhagwan on that occasion said you must tread the spiritual path with an uncontrollable urge to reach the goal you must cultivate the yearning for liberation yearning for liberation from all this encumbrance and swami said remember you have to dwell in a house that is built on four stout pillars what are the pillars dharma artha kama moksha righteousness wealth desire and liberation these are the four goals of man isn't it how should these goals be pursued dharma artha kama moksha dharma supporting artha the artha the money that you earn should be supported by dharma righteousness 
and the desire that you have should be directed towards moksha swami said how much ever you may earn wealth or strength unless you tap the springs of ananda within you you cannot have peace and lasting content you have to go within there is satyatva nityatva in you swami said in you there is that reality of truth and eternity you have to get it from within all these four pillars the four goals of human life dharma artha kama moksha they can be made firm and stable only when you fix them on the bedrock of this nityatva and satyatva the reality of eternal truth which is there in every man swami said you hear people who are seeking moksha and many are under the impression that it is some rare honor that only a few can get or it is some paradise it is some colony of the select or a height that only some heroic souls can alone climb swami said moksha is something that everyone has to achieve whether you are heroic or not no one can even deny it what everyone is seeking is only joy and peace isn't it who does not want joy and peace what is moksha it is just lasting joy and lasting peace tired with temporary joys and transient peace man will at last endeavor to know the secret of permanent joy and peace and that is what is moksha swami said if only men knew the path to permanent joy and peace they will not wander distracted along the bylanes of sensual pleasure bhagwan said just as the joy felt in the waking stage disappears when you awaken into the higher awareness the upanishads used to say upanishads always declare get up arise awake time is fleeting use the moment when it is available for the best of uses for the awareness of the divine in all when you die you must not die like a tree or a beast or a worm you must die like a man a man who has realized madhava manava who has realized madhava who has taken that effort that is the consummation for all the years you have spent in the human fame that is how glorious a human life should be all are travelers to god swami said humility and an attitude of reverence this is what is essential for every man and this is unfortunately not promoted by the educational process of today this is what is recommended in the upanishads what does the upanishad say revere the mother as divine matrudevo bhava revere the father as divine revere the guru as divine your teacher as divine revere the guest as divine because in everyone there is the divine no one should be neglected no one should be slighted the parents who gave you this wonderful chance to realize the reality and the teacher who opened your eyes to the treasure within you the guest who gave you this splendid chance to render service to the living embodiment of god right in your very home all have to be revered and all have to be served with humility the educated man is like the man who asks for a ticket at the booking office of a railway station but does not know to which place he is going all men are travelers pilgrims to god who is drawing them to him bhagwan said what i shared with you is just few snippets few lines of that beautiful discourse you can find this discourse in satyasai speaks 1965 and very very powerful in fact you know when you think about it this is the discourse phase of bhagwan isn't it the discourse phase of bhagwan started in 1958 and these are the times when bhagwan was pouring upon humanity the bhagavad gita was coming from shai krishna 
and he was doing it to not just one arjuna he was going to every heart every town every village he was seeking people out and giving the message and mind you this is also the time when bhagwan was writing the vahinis even as he had such an hectic schedule he used to somehow sit down and also write the vahinis that used to be published in the sanatan sarathi the sanatan sarathi contained accounts of bhagwan's visits contained the transcripts of his discourses contained his writings that was the phase when bhagwan was giving what is the relevant message for man of this time of the current times he was distilling the message of the scriptures for us and giving it in a form that is now relatable that is contemporary and that is appropriate for this time and age after 3 days in kakinada on the 26th bhagwan left for the village of sampara which is 12 miles from kakinada you know some of these villages you would have not heard but bhagwan has gone to these little little towns and villages and that was a village that was saturated with bhakti hundreds had come from that village to puttaparthi on a pilgrimage earlier bhagwan was accorded a very sincere welcome by the simple rural folk who gathered on both sides of the road all along the route at the village there were scenes of enthusiastic devotion and bhagwan responded with a beautiful discourse on the need of how people should live in great harmony and they should have that spirit of service service which knows no faction no misunderstanding so bhagwan had a prashanti vidwan mahasabha conducted in this little village and it was presided over by shri lakka raju subbarao formerly vice chancellor of the andhra pradesh university you had many eminent people being part of these assemblies that bhagwan was conducting and bhagwan said man did not come here to sleep and eat he has come to manifest by disciplined processes that divine in him that is why man is called vyakti why he is called vyakti because he has to make vyakta vyakta means to express he has to make vyakta the shakti that is there in him and for this purpose man has been endowed with the body the intelligence so that man's energies can be diverted into useful channels of activity some said you must achieve this by dharmanishta and karmanishta steady pursuit of morality steady pursuit of good deeds some told those villagers i know you have been earning for my coming among you for 6 years now you have been praying for this chance that's the reason why i have come to cool your hearts and to give you joy when you suffer from the burning sun you are refreshed by a dip in the godavari river when your hearts are parched by the burning desire for equanimity you must dip in the cool company of the spiritually great swami said have a timetable for your spiritual sustenance just like you have a timetable for your physical sustenance your breakfast should be pious repetition of the lord's name japa and dhyana should be your breakfast the lunch lunch should be the ritualistic worship of the lord the tea and snacks should be reading scriptures the light dinner should be the feast of devotional music if you follow this regimen you will sleep soundly you will wake up refreshed you will be born every day as if you are reborn when you sleep the body the mind the senses the intelligence they are all not there you have no awareness of the world you are almost like you are dead the next day you are reborn and you are reborn refreshed 
In fact, if you have this attitude, you will not even accumulate the consequences of your acts every day, Swami said. Because every day all your accounts will be closed because you are dying every day. At the end of the day, you offer everything to the Lord. You don't have to carry forward the consequences of your actions because everything is surrendered. Acts are surrendered. The fruits of the acts are surrendered. If you plan to give joy to others, Swami said, then you will always be joyful. And who are these others? Even when the Lord has come in a human body, all human beings that you come across are nothing but parts of His glory and His splendor. Ishwara Sarva Bhutanam O Arjuna, the Lord dwells in the region of the heart in all beings. The Lord says in the Bhagavad Gita, Swami said, you may ask, how can we find time for all this? When we have to toil every moment for feeding and clothing ourselves, Swami said, but you forget that the Lord will grant you these material things. What material things? God will grant you even immortality. But what you have to do is you have to learn to place your full reliance on Him. Can you rely on Him for everything? Instead of relying on your little knowledge, little resource, whatever you do, have the name Rama, Krishna, Shiva on your tongue. You don't need extra time and energy for that. When you rise in the morning, rise with the name on your tongue. When you slide into sleep, in the night sleep with the name on your tongue. Do not divert all your energy to the cravings of the body alone because the body ages every minute. Life is a three-day affair, Swami said. It's like a flower that is fading. Old age will arrive when you have to depend on others for everything. Prepare for that moment. You must have what it means to meet it calmly, joyfully, with quiet resignation to the will of the Lord. Every moment should prepare us for that glorious end. You cannot do it in a trice. It needs long years of practice. That is why see the hand of God in everything that happens. Do not exult, do not grieve. Then your life will become one continuous chapa, one continuous dhyana. Swami said, I want all of you to develop that brotherliness, that feeling of cooperation, of love and respect for all. This village should be a village without a parallel. And to promote harmony, the first rule you must follow, Swami said there, is to control the tongue. Swami said, do not give all your thoughts immediate expression. Think, select, ponder, then speak. Speak softly, speak sweetly, speak without malice in your heart. Speak as if you are addressing the Sai who is residing in the other person. Use the tongue to recite the name of the Lord. As I mentioned, everywhere Bhagavan mentioned this. Use that tongue to recite the name of the Lord. Use the feet to go on pure and holy errands. Let the heart cultivate pure thoughts and feelings. Today, towns and cities with their noise and glare are attracting everyone towards them. Swami said, don't leave your villages. The moral codes are still strong in the villages. Don't go to the artificial life that the cities are becoming. The divinity of man, the fact that Manava is but Madhava, is ignored in the town life. People are too busy in their races, in the rush and the worry of the city life. Be happy and content where you are. Don't run towards towns hoping to get some happiness there. Cultivate that inner richness, not outer acquisitions. Make your home the seat of virtue, of morality, of love. 
live amicably live joyfully undisturbed by faction and hatred listen to the advice of the elders of the village because they have your welfare in their minds keep this joy of today in your hearts and develop it by means of manana of chanting the name of the lord thinking about the lord and somi said i came here because of your bhakti because of your disciplined devotion this is what pulled me to come to your village march 26th sampara village 1965 dear listeners as you go through bhagwan's trip as you read the accounts and as you listen to these discourses as you read about the glories that unfolded in fact not just the discourses every life if you can even listen to every person who was there they will give you an account they will give you one moment of transformation that they experienced they will tell you so many miracles that happened simultaneously when bhagwan was there when bhagwan was touching lives because every time whatever he did was filled with so much of multidimensional significance and we will see more of that as we proceed further i know today i could not really come to the point where swami visited the house of kantamagaru even though we are doing this series on the life of kantamagaru but i felt we must spend time and relive these beautiful journeys of bhagwan these amazing odysseys for spiritual rejuvenation of the people of india and these are worth reflecting any number of times and we will go through these slowly before we reach the climax of bhagwan visiting the house of kantamagaru in the little village of satyawada which happened on april 5th 1965 dear listeners it's been a joy bringing this series to you and i hope you find directions you find beautiful moments of inspiration you find beautiful signs of his presence as we contemplate on these beautiful chapters from the sai saga we will continue this if you know of anything or anyone who was part of these events some senior some grandfather and if you have any accounts any documents any pictures feel free to share with us we want to rebuild this beautiful chapters of the sai bhagavatam as always you can write to listener at sssmediacenter.org you can also send us your comments on our whatsapp number 9393 258258 I offer this little endeavor at his lotus feet in all humility and gratitude thank you saira prema swarupulara embodiments of love shanti ni lopam unnadi kaani baite ledhu peace is within not outside outside no peace only pieces saira you just heard an episode of our radio program outside inside deep inside this was a segment of radio sai's thursday life hosted by bishu prashti and today's episode was first broadcast on 18th february 2021 dear listeners we hope you like this program please send us your feedback by either email or whatsapp our email id is listener at sssmediacenter.org and our whatsapp number is 9393 258258 thank you and loving sairam from prashant nilayam